The text for our sermon is the gospel reading, the baptism of our Lord, particularly in the last verse of our reading, verse 17, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. And then in the epistle reading, we also see St. Paul teaching us what our baptism means. There he defines for us that in baptism, something actually happens. It is not symbolic. Our Old Testament reading also teaches us that God will anoint one, one Messiah, one Savior, who will do his work for him to save us, his people. God's grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our Savior is not a symbolic Savior because we do not commit just symbolic sins. We are real sinners in need of a real Savior, and that's what God provides. He provides you real assurance in your baptism. In our reading today, when Jesus goes out to the Jordan River, John the Baptist, he didn't think baptism was purely symbolic. John knew something real was happening as he was pouring water over all those people who were coming out to him. More than just an image problem, John knew that when Jesus came to him to be baptized, that was problematic. Remember, John doesn't care about his public image. He wore camel's hair, he ate locusts, he lived in the wilderness. Well, John cared about his image but only an image that portrayed a greater truth, a greater reality that was true. John didn't believe in pure symbolism. Everything was real. Therefore, when Jesus came to John and asked to be baptized, John said, that is unthinkable. If baptism was just truly symbolic, John would not have reacted the way he did. John knew there was more at stake than just a symbolic ritual. At the Jordan River, there was a reality that no one could see with just their eyes, but indeed was only visible by faith. And working from faith then, the eyes can then see what is really true. Mainly, That Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is not just a symbolic Savior, because sin is not symbolic. And that's why John has such a problem with Jesus being baptized. Sin is a real thing, a real violation of God's will a real rebellion against God's law. And too often it it seems that we do think sin is just symbolic. That it's okay if we dabble in a little bit of gossip. It's okay if we miss church. We don't really have to obey all of God's word. We can fudge a little here, we can fudge a little there because, well... There really aren't real consequences to sin. But sin is not symbolic. 
Otherwise, John would not have had a problem with the symbolism of Jesus just being baptized. Sin is it's not symbolic. You know this in your own conscience. Otherwise, you wouldn't try to excuse it away. I'm just telling a little white lie. I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. I tried to tell them nicely. Sin is not symbolic. John knows this, and he knows that his baptism at the Jordan River is for sinners, not pretend sinners, not symbolic sinners, but real sinners. There was nothing symbolic about John's baptism. The people who came to the Jordan, they didn't ask for a symbolic washing of repentance. They wanted the real thing because they needed rescue from real sins. They came to John because they needed rescue from real death. They needed real help to carry their crosses. And in that sense, those who came to John in the Jordan are just like you and me. We need real help. We need real rescue. Because your sins are real too. And this is why Jesus says, his baptism isn't symbolic either. He, he agrees with John. His baptism is not symbolic. But what does he say when John says, no, this shouldn't happen? Jesus says, yes, because it is necessary to fulfill all righteousness. What needed to be fulfilled? Well, John the Baptist was told that he would see the Messiah, the anointed one of God. John was directly told by God, just like God spoke to all the prophets through dreams and visions, but God told John that he would see the Lord's anointed, that he would see the Spirit descend on him. So this prophecy had to be fulfilled. John the evangelist records this. Uh, in John chapter 1, John the Baptist says this, I myself did not know the Messiah, but for this purpose I came baptizing with water, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John the Baptist bore witness. I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. What needed to be fulfilled was this prophecy, that the Spirit would come and descend on the one who would then himself baptize with the Holy Spirit. So that's part of what needed to be fulfilled. Jesus is proclaimed publicly as the Messiah. And if you think about it, this is in opposition to many other religions. Many other religions whose so-called messiahs or prophets are revealed privately. Two immediately come to mind. In Mormonism, um, John Smith, when, uh, when, when the leader of Mormonism, when he, is, when he is in his room one night, he says he is sleeping on his bed and the angel Moroni appears to him and says he is going to bring a new message of Jesus Christ, Joseph Smith. Nobody witnessed this, but Joseph Smith says, I had a dream. He was chosen by this angel privately. Jesus, at his baptism, is chosen 
publicly. Also too in Islam, Muhammad, he says he was sleeping in a cave one night and a horse came and took him to the far stages of heaven and that was his choosing, that he would be a prophet to bring a new word of God. Privately, Jesus Christ is shown to be the anointed one publicly and John the Baptist and all those around him are a witness to that. Because Jesus is not a symbolic savior. His baptism shows that he is truly the one who would fulfill all righteousness because his baptism is part of his mission. Because he also would establish a public anointing of us and our baptism. Our faith and our calling to faith is not a purely private thing. It is a public witness. Jesus' baptism tells us who it is that is on the cross. Because if you look at Jesus and his trial and crucifixion, he certainly doesn't look blessed. He doesn't look beloved. It looks like Jesus is being punished, that the Father hates him. The very one that the Father was pleased with certainly doesn't look like it. But Jesus, knowing that his Father at his baptism gave him a promise, he knows that his crucifixion would be necessary to fulfill all righteousness. That at his baptism, Jesus is labeled as the one who will be on the cross. In spite of everything that people see with their eyes, with eyes of faith, they behold that this is God's love for us. To endure his cross so that your real sins would not have their real effect. Because your sins, they really deserve death, eternal death. And your sins really did kill Jesus. Isaiah says he was pierced for our transgressions. He really suffered. He really died. And at his baptism, Jesus knew he was being publicly shown to be the one who would endure this. To really die, but also to really be raised. None of it purely symbolic. And all of this is so that when we are baptized, we also are not just symbolically baptized. But we are truly made beloved children of God. Our real sins are really washed away. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3, Baptism now saves you, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an answer to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Christ Jesus. Jesus' baptism shows us who it is that's being crucified. That indeed the Father is pleased with him despite what our eyes see. That his Father isn't trying to destroy him. He isn't trying to cast him out of the kingdom. But in the end, in his resurrection, the Father gives his beloved Son all things. After Jesus endures his cross, 
He's given all power and dominion and a right hand, the seat at the right hand of God. This is also a promise for us. That your baptism reminds you that when you carry your cross, when you might feel as if God is trying to destroy you, He's not. But He is using your suffering, He's using your sadness, not to destroy you, but to, in the end, show you His faithfulness. So in this way, we see how Jesus' baptism, showing him to be the one on the cross, that God is not trying to destroy him, and also to you and your crosses. God is not trying to destroy you. Jesus is publicly shown as the Messiah at his baptism. At your baptism, you are publicly shown as one who dies with Christ, but is also raised with Christ to a new life. None of it symbolic. The father said he was well pleased with his son at baptism. And since you now are baptized into Christ, God is pleased with you too. Certainly we have sins. We can get bogged down in thinking that we've disappointed God. But you haven't. The father has covered you in the innocent and perfect blood of Jesus. So that now, he says to you, I am well pleased with you. God knows you're going to sin. He knew even before you were born, even when you were baptized. And yet, he says, you are my beloved with whom I am well pleased. So now, your new life, your new life in Christ, it's not symbolic. But a real change, a real chance to walk in the newness of life, not wallowing in the muck of sin so that grace may abound. St. Paul in Romans says, no. Now, instead of sin, you are to choose to follow Christ in newness of life. Newness of life is putting the best construction on someone instead of gossiping. Instead of missing church, it means being willing to sacrifice to be in God's house. Newness of life means realizing that God gives you a way out when you are tempted to sin. Newness of life means considering God's word for your life daily and learning more of God's word. Newness of life means recognizing each day that in your baptism, God has promised you that whatever you sacrifice in this life for his sake, you will get back and then some. That's what Jesus prom was promised at his baptism. And as him publicly being revealed as the Messiah, when Jesus gives his perfect sacrifice on the cross, he's raised from the dead, placed at God's right hand. Jesus is given the kingdom. And also you, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Christ's baptism revealed him to be the Messiah. To John, it it didn't make sense because baptism was for sinners. 
But when God becomes flesh, he becomes one of us. He stands to gladly receive your sins and die for them. He willingly gives himself to really rescue you from guilt. To really rescue you from sadness. To really rescue you from doubt and to really give you peace. So may that peace which surpasses all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord.